You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to focus on the topic of creating a culture to attract and retain top talent, where I'm joined by Thomas, Larry, Priya, and Ved, who are senior leaders across both the Sydney and Melbourne engineering industry. So we'll kick things off. Uh, I'll start with you, Thomas. I'll get you to introduce yourself, who you are, uh, what you do, company role, and what you're passionate about. Uh, hi all, my name is Thomas. Uh, I'm Senior Engineering Manager at Coles, uh, leading tribes that build and maintain the Coles online shopping experience. Uh, prior to Coles, I held several leadership positions in companies like carsales.com.au, MIOB and others. Um, I'm passionate about building high-performing teams that are engaged and motivated to deliver on business objectives and make customers happy. That's me. Thanks for that, Thomas. I'll pass it on to you next, Larry. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Larry. I'm currently I'm the director of engineering for Zendex. I'm currently managing both an automation portfolio at Zendex. Um, prior to that, I'm managing developer ecosystem uh, where we own like a marketplace, developer experience, and API experience. Um, my passion. Um, my passion is to build a high-performing team and grow the talent um, in the company. Um, there's a lot of talent out there, but how to grow and how to attract them is always something I'm fascinated about. Awesome. Thanks for that, Larry. Priya, get you to introduce yourself next. Thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me here. I'm really pumped to discuss this topic. I'm an engineering manager at Linktree, been here for almost nine months and currently leading a high-performing team building the consumer space, uh, feeling blessed to be there. And in the past, I have built and retained talent across in the startups in US and Australia. Before joining Linktree, I worked for more than a decade in edtech space in the US with the startup Nomadics. And I'm passionate about working for a purpose like building the a better world via technology and i love to build happy teams because uh, i strongly believe that happy teams are the most productive ones and can be most effectively retained and grow in long term and excited to awesome. dive into the topic yeah i agree happy team is great thanks for that Priya. and lastly ved i'll get you to introduce yourself thanks Thanks, Matt, and thanks uh, to everyone for this gives a chance to talk about a very interesting topic. A uh, bit about me. I came to Australia four and a half years back. have worked with Ansarada, Nearmap in the past. Uh, currently, I'm an engineering manager with Linktree. Uh, Linktree created the LinkedIn biospace, and it has grown into a feature-rich platform for creators. Uh, presently, I'm taking care of Commerce Squad, uh, that is made up of some of the most amazing talent and really kind people. My squad is responsible primarily to help the creators monetize their content with various commerce integrations like PayPal, Square. Uh, the thing that I'm passionate about is badminton running. 
the sports has primarily taught me different values of life and it gives me an overall picture if i need to sort out anything then i see that how uh, a particular team in a sports would behave in that manner so that helps me uh be stay focused awesome thanks uh, okay. Pat. appreciate the intro and thanks everyone uh, so look we'll jump kind of straight into it now so we'll start uh, we're going to go through four different questions. We'll start off with the first question being from you, Thomas, which is, what are the key areas in company culture to focus on to attract the top talent? So maybe if you need to give context on that and then answer it yourself as well. All right. Uh, well, I think that uh, the question is um, quite loaded and that was my intention to really make it as, as open as possible. So I think that the in interpretation is, is for everyone what, what they sort of feel is, is the right thing. But uh, for me personally, I feel um, that the company culture externally translates as, um, as a brand and uh, company um, reputation, right? So um, it's, it's very, very difficult to build brand and reputation externally that would sort of impact the, the, the talent seekers outside to be attracted to your business. And um, it, it also varies in terms of the, the organizational size, like uh, if it's a startup, pretty much not having any name on the market or a mid-sized company or a large corporation as well, yeah. So with, with startup, it's an unknown company, mid-size, probably I think that that's, that's the best mix where you can impact it the most. And with the corporation um, that is extremely large, it's, it's very difficult because you have many departments and everyone sort of might have their own different type of culture there as well. So um, um, I feel um, it, we, we are also living in a digital world, right? So uh, pretty much everyone is looking for a job and is at least a little bit interested about uh, finding a good job for themselves they probably do their homework and research a company online try to see what sort of um, reviews and feedback the company is getting for their products and uh, either digital or, or physical and um, and lastly obviously there are many ways how to find out what the current or former employees thinks about the company as well so um, that that really helps all these, all these job seekers to really create a picture of, of your job, right? Of, of the company, of the job opportunity as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's a complex and difficult one to, to build proper one, to really demonstrate and present yourself outwards as a business that, that you are the one where people should, should want to work for. Um, I think one of the important things which many companies probably forget is to clearly communicate what they are, what sort of vision they have, what what mission, what values they have. Yeah, people usually focus focus on their product, but they really don't clearly communicate what is their mission, what they are trying to achieve, what is the what is the goal, where they are heading. Yeah, can they sell the buy-in to to the job seekers and uh, pretty much yeah, that's what I want to be part of when you're looking for a job. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks that, Thomas. Larry, I'll pass it on and get your thoughts on this one next. Sure. Thanks. Um, I think this is an excellent question, right? <laughs> this is a, a really, really terrific one. I love it. Um, to me, the, the two parts are, are this is how I'm seeing it. One is the in relation to uh, every talent, just in general. Secondly, it probably will address more from engineering perspective. 
for, so for the first one, I, I personally feel these days, um, one of the things is becoming increasingly important for company uh, to include as part of the culture thing is the diversity, right? And more and more companies are talking about diversity, talking about having the DEI program. I think this is extremely important when you um, come to the uh, hiring game and we say, look, we need to increase, expand and improve the talent pool and doing the right thing, right? The organization also has a lot of uh, social responsibility these days. So this is actually one of the things a lot of candidates are looking for these days. But if the company, uh, morally speaking, if you are the good company, I would like to work for it, right? So some of the companies will say, look, this is uh, against my moral value. And, and so having a DEI program and doing the right thing to uh, make sure, look, the company has the culture to be more um, you know, inclusive so you can attract more people into the talent pool. My, my second point is more about engineering in particular, right? Engineering being engineering. I think quite often um, over the years, uh, I would like to see the first thing I look at it is if the organization has a very strong engineering culture, which is very important regardless you are a manager or you're on the IC track. So this is actually very critical. All the organization will have this kind of a reputation regardless you are a good company or you're not a good company. From an engineering point of view, is do you have a strong engineering culture? Is that something I would like to work for? And most importantly, can I grow my skill set in this organization, right? You might be a fantastic company, but you probably don't have much to offer when it comes to engineering, then people probably will say, look, maybe this is not a company I work for because all you offer is money, <laughs> then that's not enough, right? So this, this is my two points. Probably uh, eventually, I think there's uh, other things, but I think those two things are other things that are coming to my mind right away. Awesome. Thanks, Larry. And Priya, what are your thoughts? I'll pass it to you next. Um, very interesting question, and I, my thought process is that to begin with, if we are able to uh, tie the purpose of or the vision of the product with the day-to-day -day work that the team members are doing, then it makes a huge difference because ultimately the a company culture is driven by its people and why the work that they are doing is important or how it makes a difference. If we are able to uh, align team or individuals thought on that, then I think the other things follow uh, innovation about how to deliver that and uh, the satisfaction of uh, work satisfaction that comes with while, when you are working towards a goal, which is common to the entire team, entire organization. And then the pathways might be different, but people will respect each other's view and align ultimately because the goal is common. And then if uh, we are taking care of uh, people, like with a, then people are, are the ones who build actually the culture and uh, spread the vibe that how company operates. Otherwise, whatever information is available over the web or whatever good we are doing to the uh, community, I'm not saying it undermining it, the value of it, but I feel the actual uh, way the company operates, anybody who will be joining uh, an organization will want to surface those details other than 
going uh, through the uh, content available over the web so if we are taking care of the that people are aligned with the goal and are given time and space to be innovative to achieve that uh, then other things automatically align and we can attract good talent awesome great thanks freya and ved uh, Thomas, I must agree that it is it. It's a very uh, loaded question. It gives a lot of thoughts to think about that uh, how we can attract the top talent. I would say that when I wo I read this question, I thought that how in my team, if I want to hire, what they'll be looking into. Uh, coming into that from that perspective, I would say that uh, there are let's say three areas. One is uh, what kind of work that I'm doing. Uh, is it impactful? The, the second thing would be that what are the different company values? Does it align with me? Uh, and lastly, that what are there any benefits which directly Im improve me and uh, help me? So starting with the work impact, uh, uh, there are certain areas that how impactful the company's product is. Is it uh, reaching uh, what are the different horizons where it touches upon like just for an instance uh, linktree impacts the lives of different creators there are 24 million so if that kind of a scale or that kind of a problem that comes to a picture that uh, how so many users will get impacted by monetizing that content or even if they want to reach out to different places for social purposes how it can be reached so that that has a very good perspective then coming from the company point of view uh, like uh, as larry uh, clearly touched upon the diversity and inclusion piece that opens up the gates to many different uh, 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 like talent coming into when they value that okay diversity is one thing inclusion is another important factor which opens up the area where the we can reap into different or uh, invite the different talent pool there uh, the other uh, would be that as a company the climate is a big part which is uh, uh, into the news and into the talks everywhere uh, um, so is the company investing into being carbon neutral or is the company investing into any other social causes I think that's that's another area which uh, 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 talent looks into. And finally, the about me piece, what's there in me? The, there are certain uh, criteria like parental policy. If uh, the company supports that, uh, how does it support? Does it support any other benefits which can make uh, my life easier or give me that flexibility in uh, in my workplace? Is it there? These all these informations can be gathered from LinkedIn, from Glassdoor, or even if we go through the company portfolio. So has that been projected on different platforms that should come out so that the talent gets to see it? They we help them in their own research that, OK, these are the platforms which are provided. And if it aligns with you, welcome on board. So that's 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 what I thought about it. Awesome. Thanks, Avad. Appreciate all the answers. I think they're all, all really good and touched on a variety of different points there. So I think we'll move on to, to the next point. Uh, next question, sorry, which is actually from, from you, Larry, which is what challenges are you facing in your company to retain and grow the talent since usually there are some constraints of the company? So if you need to give any context, otherwise, you know, jump straight into that one. 
Sure, I, I can just give everyone a, a quick one. Um, so we all like to retain and grow the talent, right? The, the top, in particular, the, the top talent. However, there's always constraints in everyone's organization because um, give everyone an example on like in Zendex, we will have a promotion cycle twice a year. However, you know, we cannot promote everyone. Uh, even um, you will have a situation, a lot of engineers are well-deserved, but you will have a budget limitation. So I'm quite curious um, in this one is about what's the constraints in your organization and you're facing right now when it comes to this topic, particular attractor and retain the talent. Awesome. Thanks, Larry. I'll get uh, Thomas, I'll get you to, to kick this one off. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, this one is also quite loaded, right? Um, I think uh, over my career, I think that uh, I, I sort of jotted down some notes. I think that there are three three areas which, which sort of keep popping up. Um, one thing one thing is definitely the, the, the budget um, uh, Larry mentioned. That's that's definitely one area which is which is difficult. Um, and it's not, it's not just budget itself, but also it's, it's the, um, salary that the company would be paying as well. Right. Because especially in the recent market, um, there are some very aggressive changes in terms of the, uh, remuneration in the, in the tech. And, um, some of the companies, they, they tend to not to follow as, as aggressively the, the changes. So that's that leaves them behind, and when when they are trying to find the talent, they just don't have enough in the budget to actually pay because someone else is willing to pay a little bit more. Yeah, uh, said so that it doesn't have to be the the key driver for 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 the person looking for a job. Um, they might be they might be having different different expectations and values, so they might settle for less. But it's definitely one of the constraints which which keeps coming up. Um, the the problem with the with the remuneration and changes there, uh, I think, is is um, is also problem problematic, especially uh, the the new employees versus the the old employees, where you don't keep up with with pretty much um, matching um, the the external market for especially the the long um, long tenure employees you already have, that that can create really difficult situations. And unless it's really proactively managed in some regular cycles where, where you uplift, then uh, it can be really, really impactful and um, people might feel not valued and so on. Um, the other area is definitely carry growth um, opportunities. So either it's, it's the learning itself that pretty much you, you have process in place that allows people that, that allows people to, 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 to learn but uh, you also um, have full aligned people who are pretty much ready for the next step. And um, again, depending on the on the organizational size, you might just not have that space. So whatever you can do, you just can't help. Yeah. And and lastly, um, the, the the nature of work itself, right? Um, many many of jobs come with some baggage or legacy, right? And um, not, not everyone gets the chance to, to work on the Greenfield projects on the latest bleeding, cutting edge stuff. So um, that, that type of work can wear off someone as well. And uh, if, you, if you don't proactively seek for changing that as, as a leader, that you create an opportunity to, to change the space, uh, drive the innovation and so on, 
that will eventually wear people too. Awesome. Thanks, that Thomas. I like how you actually stopped talking as well. So when the, when that uh, was it a motorbike that went past? <laughs> that helped. <laughs> so we didn't miss anything. Um, I'll pass it, uh, Priya, on, on to you next and get your thoughts. Um, thanks, Matt. I think like uh, right. It is very interesting question again, just because of the timing. I think the current time when all. Uh, a lot of organizations are focusing uh, focus towards capital efficiencies and uh, it is a challenge where we want to retain good talent but we have some limitations in terms of in terms of uh, monetary benefits or things that involve around capital how we can motivate them i think there is uh, there are few things that uh, we can do to make it better. One is that uh, leading with people first approach where uh, each individual is different and different uh, things motivate different individuals. Some are more excited by the autonomy they are given at work to drive to uh, weigh options, make decisions and innovate for some team members i feel that uh, um, the balance the balance of the challenging work where uh, they are still learning and they want to feel that they are able to contribute but not always struggling with the new things so that comes into the picture and um, i also th feel that when uh, we can recognize people for whatever they are doing and understand what motivates them in area of uh, where, where, where they are operating. It, it might be investing more into their learning resources to give them access to uh, grow themselves in areas whatever they identify and uh, the other one could be like um, understanding that how recognizing their efforts amplifies their energy at work. I yeah, I think these are the few things that we can do to balance things out and see like what motivates them and keeps them fully vested in the long run. Awesome. Thanks for that, Priya. And lastly, Ved, look at your thoughts on this. For sure. Uh, it's a quite interesting question um, and thankfully most of us have covered different perspectives. Uh, I would say that uh, firstly how the economy is growing. Economy and it directly relates uh, with how the company also emphasized their growth. So at times some of the decisions how the uh, we need to grow the talent will be based on uh, different other uh, factors which are beyond companies uh, sphere of control uh, coming to that of course the um, as thomas uh, clearly pointed out that there are uh, there can be certain places where the new employees that they join and the old employees that they are if we, they are within the company the salary is completely dis, uh, there is a disparity it will be there because they are joining at the peak uh, where the uh, the 
insane amount of packages are getting offered in the market. So and there are some loyal employees who have been with the company. So how we can manage that retention piece? So uh, there are certain uh, measures which take place where there is a band. There are salary banding where, where we know that this is the lower and this is the highest which at can go. And so we need to bump up the uh, the salaries of the old employees so that there is minimum gap. Everyone feels they are at an equal pace. They are uh, they are not there is not uh, high. so that visibility or that kind of approach which uh, the PNC team uh, they need to implement. They are actually doing it that helps build that. The other thing is that how to retain it. We cannot be uh, on the sidelines and see that the top talent just comes to the company and feels that okay there is nothing special or nothing uh, new about it so some something out of the box needs to be done so like there are uh, linktree does something called as flex benefits which is not a small portion but 6000 gets allocated to a, a, a individual so that they can spend on different categories one of them like wellness impact which is a direct uh, correlation it gives that okay company is looking uh, uh, after me, they they want me to stay invested within uh, the company, and they they are not bounding me to a certain budget. They have given me the flexibility to look into different other categories. So, thinking out of the box in this current scenarios where we are, uh, we need to still grow the talent base. We know that everyone is competitive. I know, uh, Matt, that a different kind of challenges you would be thrown <laughs> into uh, to hire someone or to grow someone. But I think uh, based on these criteria, uh, team uh, companies need to adapt. Nice. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I can comfortably say as a recruiter that definitely there's some obscene salaries and day rates and things of that nature, which I'm sure you've all experienced yourselves in your own way. So yeah, great. Um, but thanks everyone for that one. So moving on to, to our third question now, which is from Priya. With the question being, what measures do you take to mitigate stress and burnout with talented, committed team members so you could retain them for a long term? I get you to kick that off, Priya, and uh, get things going. Sure. So uh, with this question, what I'm trying to uh, hear is like different perspectives about uh, to retain team members who are going above and beyond doing uh, their best to and are totally aligned towards the team company goals and um, what are the measures do you take so that they they, they are being taken care well and uh, would be not burned out in the long term to uh, to contribute to to the team awesome yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, I'll go. I'll move on. I'll switch it up a bit. Ved, I'll get you to jump in and, and start us off. Okay, sure. Thanks. Uh, uh, for this, uh, Priya, I think it comes, the question shows that how uh, empathy is so much important. I would say that uh, one on ones are extremely important where the focus is on the team member and not on the project status. If we are able to capture uh, the feeling, the vibe that what, how exactly is my team member feeling? I think we can easily gauge that there is, uh, there can be a sense of a burnout. There, it the burnout can happen for multiple reasons. So, 
listening to the concerns it opens the door um, being aware of the um, uh, our team members well-being uh, how they are involved how they are working in the project are they feeling that they are doing too much then we can uh, open up that converse, uh, conversation having healthy practices and guardrails so that it's evident that no one is micromanaging we want the, you are uh, the employee is the core focus their well-being is our core focus and uh, just be open uh, about that burnout can happen so we as leaders we need to make sure that the burnout is absolutely it can happen to anyone we are absolutely okay to talk about it and we are we are there to be to take care of each other so it can happen to any one of us so if we are open about uh, talking about it and making sure that uh, we give our health a priority then i think taking few days off should be uh, good enough um, and uh, uh, some of the measures that we as a team we have taken is that we have made some meeting free thursdays where we we make sure that there are no zoom meetings and anything so that you have your own focus time and you can uh, just uh, not get bogged by number of meetings coming up and uh, having those all those catch ups so i think these things uh, meeting people having informal catch ups that helps a lot awesome thanks david i'll uh, pass it on to you next larry Oh, thanks. It just took me a while to unmute myself. I love what Vas said. It's uh, totally agree with everything. So probably uh, a few things in addition to his point. First is um, I think a lot of burnout is due to uh, a lot of uh, context switching. So uh, what we need to do as a manager is uh, try to help out is uh, um, make sure engineers or your managers can have a less context switch so have less meeting and so one thing what we usually do in Zendex is a check people's calendar make sure they are not overloaded by the meeting particularly the people who are ICs um, you know it's crazy to uh, drag them into the meetings and let them have the focus time I think for, for managers i think it's very important i block my own calendar from time to time just have a focus time because uh, uh made it clear don't book me any meeting don't do not disturb me because that's the time i need to do some real work right <laughs> other than meetings but other than those i feel well, one thing we, we usually do is that i will do a capacity planning on the team level so in terms of my portfolio i have many teams i do a capacity planning on the team level because you have a good understanding of uh, the total amount of work it won't be 100 precise but you have a rough feeling about look about what's going on then the next things uh, i think we could do is as a manager you need to be a very good low balancer i treat myself as a low balancer so you don't want to overload your high performer because quite often the talent the top talent tend to be overloaded because they're capable right so as a low balancer i think it's a distributed load to your team not particular individual because they're capable doesn't mean they should take more right uh similar to that point my, my next point will be really avoid single point failure right this is uh definitely in everyone's interest but a lot of high performance they are single point failure because you will say oh in my own only that particular individual can do that work right it happens in every team then as a result that person keep on doing more and more because 
is the only one, or she's the only one. So th this is uh, actually in relation to the talent uh, growth. It's how do you grow other people into this, right? Not just a single individual. As a result, that person will be uh, burned out. Oh, I have so many examples, uh, um, right? Uh, real stories about people go burn out just because they're capable. <laughs> then you keep yeah. on uh, giving them more. So th those are, are, are the things. But I love what Val said before. Yeah, th 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 just uh, a lot of little things you can do. Uh, you can find out in your one or one, or you know, there's th th a lot of things. As a manager, I think we do. Um, have a huge responsibility to do those uh, due diligence check. And probably lastly, I want to say is uh, we should uh, lead by example, take some leaves, and suggest your staff to take some leaves. A lot of people accumulated so many leaves over the past two years. Uh, people need to take leaves. It's a warning sign. You should check your HR system to say, look, you have a lot of leaves. Time to take some off because it's good for you. Because people don't realize when it happens, when the burnout happens, it's usually too late. Uh, as a manager, uh, I can give people examples. I, I did quite well a few times. Just I sense the burnout before it's coming for some people reporting to me. I give them the advice and they, they took the uh, leave. It works very, very well. So it's our job, I, I believe. You need to be ahead of the game. Awesome. Thanks, Harry. And Thomas. Thanks. Uh, um, yeah, I think uh, Larry touched uh, many interesting areas there, and I absolutely second them as well because, uh, yeah, it, it, it totally makes sense, every every single point, what, what Larry said. I probably would just add, um, I, I always really am about uh, having a transparent and a clear communication and regular catch-ups, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's that's a key to keep the communication flowing because uh, especially these high performance performers um, they tend to just just take more load and and keep working right. If you don't have good relationship established where they are not afraid to speak up and pretty much tell you like I just can't do it anymore, then um, if if it's allowed, they they will eventually crash right. So having having this this trust and relationship established and people are open that you are open or all the leaders in the organization are open for for communication and and, and these kind of chats um even without the, the planned schedule windows pretty much i i always tell people ping me anytime i'm always available to to have a chat about anything so um it's it's really important to to pick up on these signs as well and and sometimes probe to you know like are you okay um, I know that last week was, was crazy. Those P1 incidents we had, totally crazy stuff. How are you doing? Yeah. So that happens. It always happens in, in our line of work. Yeah. Um, as a senior leader, it might be more difficult to, to do that with, with sort of uh, the, the, the people on like the, the team members. Yeah. Because you might be detached and sort of you, you are communicating with, with through several layers potentially. So um, um, if you don't have the, the right leaders there in place, like you need to also kind of be a little bit proactive there. So um, you can use different different ways how to do it. Um, we usually kind of go with, uh, with uh, squat health checks and uh, they can have different form, different frequency. Uh, some people do it just, just quarterly because they, they just work and, and work well together. 
Um, some people do it every every sprint in their retro. Um, and I, I saw some, some squats, they, they are doing it every day in their stand-ups, just, just putting a smiley face if they feel okay or not, you know? If you build that, that type of um, relationship amongst the team, that, that's the best type of area and culture where people can trust and lean on each other. Um, and from the organizational perspective, definitely uh, widely used are sort of uh, engagement surveys. So I feel that one is probably too late. If you get indicators there, it's, it's usually very, very effort, effort costly to fix things because uh, it's, it's already a systemic problem and uh, it's going to cost you lot, lots of effort to fix stuff. Awesome. Thanks for that, Thomas. Um, does anyone else want to, want to jump in or, or add to that? I know you just threw something in. I just saw that though. Um, if not, we'll go on to our, our last question, which kind of extends, thanks for that one, Priya. And the last one extends kind of on this previous question we just answered, which is from Ved being, remote way of working has its own set of challenges. Keeping that setting in mind, how do you motivate, avoid burnout and nurture the team culture so that your talented team feels valued and looked after? I'll uh, get you to start, Ved, and kick things off. Sure. Uh, I must say that uh, these analogies which uh, Larry provided around uh, load balancer and, of course, the how to handle high performance, that has actually I'm learning in this podcast itself. Uh, so thanks, thanks for uh, all your insights. So coming back to the question, I would say that there are certain aspects that have helped uh, companies who are remote first. Uh, so wanted to understand, get the perspective that what do you do in your company that helps to uh, motivate and avoid burnout as well? A uh, couple of things which I felt like would um, uh, help in our discussion is like there are certain tools which we are using, uh, of course, in like linear or any project management uh, softwares, which can help us uh, get the insight into not only just uh, that how the project is trending, but about the team's cadence also that uh, that insight can help us uh, identify that, okay, if the team is actually achieving more than they have done, then there are certain factors which they are pushing. So uh, if we get the, those kind of matrix also, we can use that to leverage to the benefit that, okay, that we feel that the, this particular cycle is overloaded, let's not uh, take into account and make sure that that particular insight about high performers, they're taking up loads of work, we can uh, try to say that, okay, you are already, you had done lots of work in the earlier cycle, why don't you take some time and take less number of uh, points or in this particular cycle? That is one aspect. The other thing is uh, for remote way of working where people are working on different time zones, uh, having uh, uh, catch-ups where uh, uh, which is more asynchronous through tools like Loom, which helps us build all those uh, knowledge base so that no one feels left out. They can recap, they can reuse it again and come back later. And to, to motivate the team and to build that uh, team uh, camaraderie, what I'll, uh, there are certain things like conversation streets or informal meetings where we tend to share and uh, that what we did on our last holiday or a play any games uh, together so that it helps to 
get a different side of an individual rather than uh, the work-related aspect where we uh, uh, talk to uh, one another. I think that that um, uh, helps you understand that there is uh, some of the other aspects which we know from from a uh, from an individual. So, like someone might be good in cooking, or someone might be really good in uh, snowboarding. W what exactly? So, uh, apart from coding, so all these things, I think that helps uh, build a relationship in a remote working style. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Larry, I'll. Uh... Get on to the next this one. Yeah, this, this is a really good one, but yeah, it's it's hard, right? <laughs> Everyone's working remote these days. So I I think that if I understand the question correctly, it's more about because everyone's working remote. So what's the, the how do we manage in this uh, unique uh, new environment? So uh, I think Zendesk did it really well. I was very very pleased that there's some of the company policy would like to share with everyone. So one is that we we are actually. Uh, entirely flexible, so no one we we don't classify people as remote or non-remote. Everyone is flexible, which means you decide if you want to come to office or you want to stay home, um, which uh, is a very very um, um, good narrative for for everyone. I think people are very happy. We used to be very in Australia office, right? We can speak um, is very Melbourne based, but these days we have engineers all, all over the places, right? So we have a team. I have uh, one particular team. Um, each engineer in different state, <laughs> so, so it's very common. So well, I think well, one of the practices we did quite well is that we encourage people to come to the office, not to do the work, but come to the office to have social uh, interaction and to have uh, team events. So have lunch and talking to the people, uh, have the hallway conversation, get to know each other. Uh, you know, quite common we say, oh, Look, you look so different <laughs> from Zoom. Some people look really tall. We never met. There are many team members we never met before uh, over the years, right? Five for the first time. So I think that the face-to-face -face, um, uh, has a lot of value. But we, we we are still in the process of transforming the office setting to be a collaboration space for people to, um, um, you know, understand each other, get to know each other instead of saying, "Oh, I come here to do coding." That that that's probably you can do coding very well at home, right? Uh, secondly, I would say is a uh, how do we offer good work-life balance? Uh, I feel the challenging working remote is that, particularly at the beginning, a lot of uh, engineers uh, raised the concern to me is uh, the boundary is not clear. A lot of them work long hours because you you losing the touch about you know nine to five working hour. People just work on and on, then realize oh it's seven p.m. now. So. Uh, as leaders, I think uh, we need to lead by example. So, for example, um, I do not disturb my staff after working hour. I don't slack them. I don't email them. Just make sure. Look, this is how we work. Is uh, I strongly encourage everyone to turn off Slack. You know, unless you're on you know production support, that's a different ball game, right? You have on call. However, for people, you should turn off Slack after working hour. Um, I leave by example, I set up, uh, do not disturb me after five hours. So th this kind of thing is very, very important. I think because this is, it's very Slack driven, right? A lot of people just, uh, sometimes like, I keep on just back and forth. It's actually very stressful because it's remote. So um, those are just the little thing I can share. Um, yeah, there's so many things, um, you know, I'm sure I'm keen to hear from others. All right. Thanks, Larry. Priya, I'll pass it on to you next. 
I I'll second on few points that Larry touched. uh and uh, i do the same like i strongly believe that leading by example is very important here because if i am being instantly available to all the slack messages uh 24/7 then the team automatically starts feeling that okay they are also responsible that okay whenever someone is pinging because we work remote like and different team works in different time zones and sometimes there are like uh, uh communication across other teams as well which might not be in same time zone as you so i think here setting up boundaries is very important and sometimes reemphasizing it during your one on ones uh where uh, to tell them that we have to differentiate between urgent and important and urgent is like okay if you are on on call and there is something then obviously we are expected to address that issue but if uh, we are not on call and it's a regular schedule then uh, just setting the clear expectation that uh, you are not expected to respond in off working hours and as a leader follow the same so that they don't uh, uh feel that uh, like basically walking the talk otherwise i feel that invisible pressure starts building within the team members that we have to be instantly available all the time so this yep. is something that i feel for burnout and other thing for motivation and uh, team building i think giving them opportunities to connect other than work like wade mentioned during uh, daily ceremonies we sometimes have uh, other light talks other than just whatever work related it it can be sharing a joke or sharing something that you love or some recommendation so something to keep the balance going thanks that prayer and, and thomas last look at this thanks mate um Yeah, I, I personally found the, the whole transition to fully remote working um, quite difficult because it's very difficult to sort of rate people and really find out how they are doing and what's the overall mood because um, you could sense it when you are in the office what what sort of is going on. Um, that the whole the whole um, transition with the remote working it's now more task driven. Like you really need to book the time to speak to someone. Um, so it's it's like your calendar is always packed and uh, you are just talking to people. There's no, um, nothing random that would happen because everything is sort of scheduled, right? So it takes much more effort to um really stay in touch with people so uh having having very regular conversations with people or or encouraging people to talk to each other um ad hoc is is also important um i'm trying to build a relationship with with, with people and uh really not just business 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 it's it's also trying to understand um what they are doing outside of of work also sharing what i do outside of work as well and uh what troubles i have um with my kids and so on um so that that really opens up the the whole boundaries and and creates a better sort of um, relationship amongst amongst everyone and i feel that me me doing it and leading it, it it's leading by example and uh, other leaders working working with me um are following and sort of uh doing doing similar um 
with with the broader with the broader let's say on the tribe level or or like a bigger bigger area of people um it's it's really important to to sort of um celebrate the achievements together so regular showcases uh communicating the vision having regular all hands meetings again kind of really clearly explaining what's happening just to provide the transparency and clarity to people that uh, they are still in the know they understand where we are heading um okrs absolutely important and crucial for, for people to understand what what are the objectives and what we are trying to achieve you know that uh, people just don't work they have some some direction and some sense why they are there and what they are doing and lastly fun time you know like um we need to still keep the fun going like we are we are not in the office to to jump and play play ping pong like we need to do something else so uh, uh playing online games or quizzes or something like that or having just just fun friday fun you know just grabbing a drink and having a chat that that's something which which really helps to um loosen up everyone and and get the blood flowing and and keep the momentum awesome Thanks, that Thomas. Uh, look, I'll uh, I'll think we'll leave it there. Appreciate uh, everyone's answers and and everyone jumping on. I know there was, there was a lot of relevant points that we kind of covered throughout the podcast. So I think a lot of people listening, in, whether they've just kind of stepped into a management role, could take a lot of points, or even you know people just stepping into engineering. So thanks everyone for jumping in and your time. I'll see everyone you know next time on the podcast. Uh, thank you.